In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. You would think that the church that would be most on fire for the Lord, most wide open for God, would be the church living and laboring just before the return of Jesus Christ. And yet, in Revelation chapter 3, we get a picture of the church in the last days uh, typified by the church of Laodicea. And it is anything but a church on fire. It's a church lukewarm. It is anything but a church uh, open to God. It is rather a church that is closed up in so many ways. Listen to Revelation 3 verse 14, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. It's pretty rough, isn't it? God says, you make me sick. He uses an object lesson they would have understood. Just outside of Laodicea, the, the Phrygian mountains were high and snow-capped, and the Laodiceans built aqueducts that would bring cold water down. But the problem was, by the time it got down to the city, it was lukewarm. And on the other side, down in the valley, at the Lycus and Meander rivers, there were hot springs that produced steam. But by the time they carried it up to the city, it was no longer so hot. It was lukewarm. The Lord says, you're a church trying to walk in the middle. You are not cold and you are not hot, and that makes me sick. And then he begins, once identifying their spiritual temperature, to begin to adjust it. What's going to change it? What can awaken the church in the last days? Well, he says in verse 17, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. So here's the first step. These three steps, I think, are so important. First of all, he says, open your eyes. I, I want you to see you like I see you. Isn't that the great need just to get our spiritual eyes open? Remember what book we're in. We're in Revelation to take the veil away. And uh, so many people with good physical vision have no spiritual vision. Sometimes blind people see better than we do. And people like Fanny Crosby, the great blind hymn writer, is an illustration of that. You see, Satan's goal is always to blind. And God's goal is always to open our eyes. Psalm 119.18, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Oh Lord, help us get our eyes open. I'm thinking now of William Tyndale's dying prayer. Lord, open the King of England's eyes. You see, before anything can change, you have to see God like He is and see yourself like you are. He uses another object lesson for this church. He says, Anoint your eyes with eye salve. Uh, this part of the world had hills that were a, an unusual color. And the people 
these uh, merchant people had taken the clay, had combined it with spikenard, and made an eye salve out of it. And literally, they shipped it all over the Roman Empire. Uh, later, chemical analysis would reveal that there was no medicinal value in it. Sounds a lot like things that are sold today, doesn't it? Uh, but Christ is saying, let's get the real eye salve here. Let's get your spiritual eyes open so that you'll see that you are blind, that you are wretched and miserable and poor and naked. Uh, I want you to see your need. Sometimes our greatest need is just to see our need. And so first of all, to the church in the last days, he says, I want you to open your eyes. Then he goes on in verse 19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice. So not only do you need to open your eyes, but then we need to open our ears to get in tune with God. May I ask, can you hear the Lord? The Lord is speaking to His church today. God is still speaking. The question is not, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? Do you remember how each of these churches ends? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. The Holy Spirit is speaking to God's people today. But where are those who are in tune with heaven? We're so in tune with the news. We're so in tune with our peers. We're so in tune with business. We're so in tune with this world that we have lost the voice of God. He says, I'm standing here at the door knocking. Can you hear me? Can you hear my voice? He identifies himself in verse 19 as the one who loves them. He rebukes them and chastens them because he loves them. Oh, friend, listen for the voice of the one who loves you. Listen for him speaking to you and calling you by name. He says to them, be zealous therefore and repent. That word zealous literally means hot. Uh, there's a, a great contrast here. He said, you've been lukewarm. It's time to get heated. Uh, we get pretty heated about some things, but let me tell you what we should be on fire about today. Repentance. You should be most heated, most worked up about your own sin. Not about the situation around you, not about the world, but about your own relationship with God. So open your eyes, open your ears. And then he goes one step further. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice, and open the door. I will come in to him, and will sup with him, and he with me. We not only must open our eyes and ears, we must open our heart. You see, that door is representative of the human heart. He said, you've got to get the door open. In fact, long ago, an English artist by the name of Holman Hunt painted his concept of this particular setting. Perhaps you've seen it. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus standing at the door in a garden, knocking, waiting for the door to open. And the first time his friends viewed it, someone said, Holman, you, you left off a very important thing. There's no doorknob. There's no handle on the door. And immediately, Holman Hunt answered and said, that's because this door is the human heart and the handle is on the inside. You see, the Lord's a gentleman. He's not going to kick the door down. He's not going to force his way in. No, my friend, you must open the door to your own heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that begins on the day of your salvation. Friend, if you've never opened your heart to the Lord Jesus, would you open your heart now? Would you say to the Lord Jesus, Lord, you're welcome here. Come in, forgive my sin, and be my Savior. Invite the Lord Jesus into your life today. But remember, he's speaking to believers here. Did you know it's possible that the Lord Jesus Christ could be in our life, and yet there's some part of our life we've closed him off from? It's tragic. The Lord doesn't deserve to be standing on the outside looking in. He deserves to be on the inside, in control of everything. Friend, open the door. 
Oh, that's the most difficult thing to do, just get the door open. But once you do, there are so many wonderful things that happen. He says in verse 21, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. There's, there's great things in store for you in the future. But the greatest thing about getting the door open to God is what he does now. He said, I'll come in and I'll have supper with you. He said, I'll sup with you and you will sup with me. Literally, he'll partake of what you give to him and then he'll spread the table. In the first, he's the guest. In the second, he's the host. Nobody spreads a table like Jesus spreads a table. And when the Lord Jesus begins to work and move in your heart, has liberty to do so, friend, it's wonderful. Friend, I want to say to you today, open your eyes, open your ears, and open your heart. And when you begin to open up to the Lord, you're going to see the Lord open up so many wonderful things to you. We have looked at all seven of the churches now, and one final time he says it. He said it 15 times, but one final time he says it in verse 22 of Revelation 3. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.